Pastor Varun and Pastor Don Lahaprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Okay, we will continue to talk about discipleship, talking about being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the subject that is in my heart because I believe that Christianity will not progress into the world without true committed disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And um, in the past we were talking about why we should disciple and what are the benefits of being disciple. Today we want to talk about responsibility of being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, every time you have benefit, you need to have responsibility. Definitely the benefits are much more than responsibility in the kingdom of God. God take care of us, God bless us, He provides for us, He gives us wisdom, He protects us, He trains us, He teaches us a bunch of blessings that we can receive from heaven. But at the same time, in order to be a disciple, we need to learn how to walk in our own responsibility and take that responsibility very, very seriously. Let's review a little bit here in First John chapter two, verse six. First John two six. Now the word Christians means little Jesus. Is that right? People who follow Jesus and act like a little Jesus, act like the Lord Himself. Come from Christ. Christ means the Anointed One. So we are following the Anointed One, and we become anointed to do what Jesus did. First John 2, 6 say, He who say he abides in him, him means Jesus, ought himself also to walk just as he walked. John say that if we say that we are following Jesus and we are his disciple, we need to live our life or walk each day just as the way Jesus walk. In other words, we follow his footsteps. We will do what he did. So the important question that we have every single day is, in this situation, what would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? How did Jesus respond to this situation? How he would answer that question? Definitely, in order to know that, it takes time to grow into it. How do you find that answer in your life? For example, if someone come and take advantage of you, how are you going to respond to that if you were Jesus, walking like Jesus? How do you find that answer? Hmm? How many people know how to find the answer, how to walk like Christ? The Bible. Yeah, somebody put five finger on the Bible. We need to know the Word of God. Jesus is the Word made flesh. So actually, the Bible tried to say that Jesus actually is the Bible walking on earth. The Bible walking on earth is Jesus. So in order to know how Jesus would respond to situation, how Jesus would speak, we need to read the Word of God. We need to know the Bible. And that's why we study the Bible together. We read the Bible every day. We listen to the sermon. Like today, we talk about laughter. The reason I have to say that because 
a lot of Christians have different idea about Jesus. As I mentioned today, they thought that Jesus was very religious, very, like, very serious. But actually, I believe he was uh, very kind and loving and gentle and joyful to be around with him. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jesus looked very serious. I think he was very mm-hmm. joyful, very fun to be around with. How do we know? Because that is the character of God. Mm-hmm. You see, we read the Bible and we can understand how God would respond to the situation. What else besides reading the Bible? To be able to answer the question, what would Jesus do in this situation? What else? Yes. The Holy Spirit. Yes, answer. Correct. A plus. Yes. Yeah, you get A plus. The second answer is, besides knowing the word, the word is more like a guideline, the boundary. We know what is right, what is wrong. The law tells us this is right thing to do, this is wrong thing in the eyes of God. But in order to really respond to the situation daily, sometimes you cannot find in the Bible how you're going to respond. You cannot flip on pages and say, where? Mm-hmm. The only person that can really, a person, this is a person, that can really talk to you and tell you exactly what to do, but thank God the Holy Spirit will not say anything against the Bible. He will not, never do anything opposite to the Bible. Mm-hmm. If a spirit tells you to fear, I don't think that is the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. The Spirit never tells us to fear. Mm-hmm. Or if a spirit tells you to think bad about another person, you know right away that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because the Holy Spirit will never make you think negative. Mm-hmm. He will always help you to think positive, to love people, to always mean well for people, love people. <laughs> I forget to tell people today that uh, one of the reasons sometimes I laugh, not because I think about the goodness of God, but one thing that God really changed me is that when I look at people, I used to be judgmental. Pastor Dan over, I was very critical. I was very judgmental. I can criticize everything you do. When to do that, you feel bad. You feel negative. But Holy Spirit changed me to look at people from His eyes. And now when I look at people, oh, they're so precious. It's so good. They're so, oh, it's hard to explain. You know, you look at people, you, you love them, and that brings joy to be around them. Mm-hmm. You see, you don't judge people anymore. Mm-hmm. You look at people and say, oh, wow, they're so precious. They're so good. So bring joy. You can laugh to be around them because you're happy to be around them. Is that right? So the Holy Spirit will work on the inside of us to respond to the situation the way Jesus would respond. Definitely, the Holy Spirit will reveal in the Bible and will teach us the word according to the law of the Spirit. You need to understand that when you read the Bible, you can interpret the Bible in a different way. And many times people interpret the Bible in a human way. And they create their doctrines. And that doctrine controls their lifestyle. But that doctrine can be human or demonic doctrine. I remember when I first served God in a group of churches, I learned a doctrine that this is a doctrine I learned from that group. We are the best church in the world. Other churches are bad. So we had to try to steal every member to our church. That is a doctrine I learned at that time. And I was living like that for many years. That's how I look. Everyone come in, we're the best church. 
don't go to other church. But one day when I was touched by God, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes and see that that is not the doctrine of God. Mm-hmm. That is the doctrine of human, mm-hmm. doctrine of denomination. So I begin to change and the way I look at people the different way. So I respond to people in a different way. Like today I met Eric's friend. You know he came from another church. I didn't judge him. I didn't. You know you want to go to that church, whatever God call you. But I'm gonna love you the same. I'm not gonna judge your church. I'm not gonna judge who you are. Mm-hmm. We just need to love every church, mm-hmm. and we cannot say we are the best mm-hmm. because we have weaknesses too. The Holy Spirit kind of adjusts our thinking, our view of the Bible, and that's why we need to welcome the Holy Spirit and have that person in our life that His name is Holy Spirit to help us make decision each day. Sometimes even the Holy Spirit tell you not to say anything. Keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Have you ever mm-hmm. have that ex- situation that you just keep your mouth shut and you don't say much? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you notice Jesus didn't speak much, mm-hmm. but every time he spoke, all from the Holy Spirit, he didn't say some nonsense word, nonsensical word, some sarcastic word. He just only say what the Holy Spirit want him to say. And I know that it's tough sometimes. Our flesh want to say something to bite people a little bit, to make people feel bad. So we need to follow the Holy Spirit. Now, how we can do that? How can we walk as Jesus walked? One of the very important aspect of being a disciple is to make a firm decision from the day you sign up to be disciple of Jesus Christ. Firm decision that. You will live your life that way. If you don't make firm decision, believe me, there will be so many things to dilute you, or to tempt you, to just compromise, and not to do the right thing. There will be voices. There will be circumstances. Will be people to come to you and say, "Ah, don't take too serious. You know, I think you can." You can do whatever you want. You can be good Christian, 70%, and you can goof off, being goofy for 30%. That's okay, but you need to make a firm decision that I will be a disciple and I will follow Jesus Christ. And that decision does not depend on feelings or emotions. Amen. Amen. If you go by emotion and feeling, believe me, you're going to go up and down all the time. Because it's the act of will. Mm-hmm. My will take action. I will do that. I will not compromise. I will follow what Jesus would do. And that sometimes require a lot of humility and submission to God. Sometimes when you follow God, it's painful. When you follow with the way of God, it's so painful. I one time um, many years ago before we entered revival. Pastor Dan, I really have big problem in relationship, and uh, we both make mistake. She make mistake too. I make mistake too, but the mistake come to the point that we have the reason to divorce. To like, hey, let's give this up, let's move on. And I remember on that day when God said, "You need to forgive her and just forget about this and join together in unity again. Forget about the past." I remember that day when I was sitting in the room with my patient, talking. During talking to a patient, my mind was like, "Oh, 
I need to forgive my wife, something like that. And I can feel the pain in my body because I have to say, I die to my flesh. I'm going to forgive. I'm not going to follow my flesh. I will do what is right is to forgive and move on and join together again and, and start a new life again in our marriage. So, and she did the same thing. She needs to forgive me because I make a lot of mistakes too. But it's a firm decision that I will follow the way of the Lord, not my own ways. And I want to see all of you living like that for the rest of your life. Uh, this world cannot be changed by the gospel if we have goofy Christians, if we have cold Christians or hypocrites around in the society and claim to be Christian but act another way. Mm-hmm. We need to produce that kind of Christian that you know, I'm going to commit not to cheat, not to say bad things. Uh, I'm going to follow what God say. I'm not talking about being religious, but talking about relationship to please the Lord. I want to do the right thing. I make a firm decision to do the right thing in the eyes of God because I love Him so much and I want to make Him smile and happy. So it's done out of relationship, not out of law. You see, that is important. But thank God the benefit of this commitment is so high. You will be changed by God. Your attitudes will be changed. God will equip you. God will give you anointing to be able to do it. God will give you grace. God will start to change your attitude, your lifestyle, your personality. And you will be trained by God to really become very effective and successful person. For example, why I have a lot of patients, why patients like me? Not because I'm a good surgeon. Actually, many surgeons are good around here. They're very good in technique. Some even better than me. I mean, I have to admit that. I'm, I'm okay. But, <laughs> but I believe because God changed my personality so much that when the patient come into my office, they like me. My warm personality, my caring eyes, all these things I learned from God. I didn't learn from the medical school. Mm-hmm. Actually, my professor very mean. <laughs> if I learn from them, I'm going to be a mean person. I'm serious. I'm just, they, are, they have no mercy. They just work and just cut, 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 and no mercy. But I learned this from Jesus. Mm-hmm. So in fact, I'm successful today, part of it because I become disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That is a byproduct. When you become disciple, he changed you to the point that everything you do, you will be successful. The way you handle people, the way you respond to people, the way you answer questions, everything will be on your own benefit. So it's good to be disciple because you're going to shape up your personality, your pres- the way you speak in public, the way you talk to people, the way you respond to your spouse, your kids, everything. He will change you. So it's so good to be able to receive that benefit from God. Okay, look at Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Responsibility brings some suffering because you have to make firm decision. But look at what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 17. And if children, then heir, heir of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, suffer responsibility, make firm decision, 
that we may also be glorified together. In other words, as we share the suffering with Christ, die to the flesh, we don't follow our own fleshly desire anymore. Then we can share the glory of God. God will glorify us. God will lift us up. God will bless us. God will really be on our side and favor us in everything. So that is the benefit. We will be glorified with Him on earth here and in heaven. Okay? Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Our God never takes anything from us for free. He is a generous God. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This principle is not only about money, but it's about your life. Mm-hmm. When you give your right to God and don't do what you want, mm-hmm. God will give back to you more than what you give to Him. He will bless you. He will take care of you. He will supernaturally do something good for you. That's why I have no doubt at all that all of you who are members here will live your life above the level your friend will live. I don't know if you understand what I try to say. In other words, um, when your friend look at you one day, five years from now, ten years from now, they look and they say, wow, why are you you're so different? Why are you are ahead of us? Why are you above us? Because you have God in you and you become disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, when we talk about disciple, it doesn't mean you have to be a pastor. Disciple for every Christian. You don't need to be a preacher to be disciple. It's a life commitment to follow Jesus and to do what Jesus said. The old habits going to be gone. A lot of bad old habits going to be gone. God going to fix you up, change you to have new habits and change. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. So we need to take discipleship seriously. What does it mean? It means we take the kingdom of God seriously. We are not playing game. We are not taking the kingdom of God like a hobby. We are not taking the church as just killing your time. This is serious. We take the kingdom of God seriously and all the rest will be added unto you. God is going to take care of you the rest. He will take care of your finances, take care of your health, take care of your needs, everything if you take His kingdom seriously. Okay? Now, let me ask a question and I want to hear the answer. The question is, should we be living as we want or as God wants in every situation as disciple as God wants okay let's look at the Bible the answer 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 15 2nd Corinthians 5 15 should we live as we want or live as God's want 2nd Corinthians 5 15 and he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. What does the Bible try to say here? Huh? 
live for him not for your own purpose anymore not for your own agenda anymore why because he died for us because he died for us we are willing to die to our own agenda and live for god so always ask yourself every day you make decision what god want us to do are we gonna do our own ways or we're gonna do god ways that is the question and we need to make that decision every single day which way we're gonna choose But the Bible say, let us live no longer for them ourselves, but live for the purpose of God. Being say no to the way of our own self. Amen. Sometimes it's not easy. You know, sometimes you don't see the future, and God tell you what to do, and you don't see at that time. But you need to obey by faith, obedience by faith, and you don't see it. But after a while, you say, "Oh, wow! I'm glad I listened to God." You see, the same thing. You need to live yourself to please God. Okay. Another question: Who is our guide in the things of Christ? Okay, let's look at the Bible. We answer by looking at the Scripture. John 16:13 to 14. As Christian, who is our guide? John 16:13 to 14. However, when He, the Spirit of Truth, has come, He will guide you in all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take of what is Mine and declare it to you. Very clear. Who will lead disciples? The Holy Spirit. Okay. In the Christian life, we have different stages. Some of us come in like a baby Christian. So when you're a baby Christian, you are not able to hear the voice of God that much. So you need parents to tell you what to do. So at the beginning, Joanne will, or me, or Pastor Da will say, "Okay, do this. Read the Bible. Go to care group." Like a baby Christian, you need to listen to your parents for a while. But after you grow up, one day you become mature. You can listen to God yourself. Then God begin to speak to you what you need to do. Definitely, He will not speak to you to do anything opposite to what the Bible say. Anyway, He is not going to tell you stop going to care group and stop going to, to go to church. That is not the Holy Spirit. He will continue to ask you to go to fellowship. Like for example, last night Friday night, we have revival service, and I was talking to Pastor Da this morning. I woke up and said, Da, you know, people who didn't come last night miss a lot. They didn't know. They miss a lot. So what I try to say to Pastor Da is that, if possible, if my legs are not in the hospital hanging with the IV, I'm not gonna miss the meeting in my own church because every time you miss, you miss a lot. God is speaking. God is doing something there. That you will never get it back. Mm-hmm. Time is gone. Mm-hmm. So, what I try to say is that our job as a pastor or as a leader of a church is to train you not to depend on us, but eventually you depend on the voice of the Holy Spirit yourself. Mm-hmm. But even with that kind of lifestyle, you will never contradict with us anyway. You still flow with us. Because we listen to the Holy Spirit too. You, you see what the point? 
we are not creating rebellion. We are creating a group of people who everyone follows the Holy Spirit. But at the beginning, as baby Christian, you follow the voice of your chep- your human shepherd, because you cannot understand God that well yet. But as time go by, you can listen to God yourself, and God will direct you and tell you what to do. Again, as human being, we can still miss it. We can still make mistake. We can listen to wrong voice too. Sometimes we may eat too much pizza, maybe too much burrito, and then we have bad dream, and we can hear some bad thing, and we think the Holy Spirit talk to us. Last night it's so funny. <laughs> Last night I, I think I was so tired yesterday, so long day, because I have to prepare three sermon. So by um, by the time I went to bed, I was so tired, and I had a dream that Paul and Joy was jump on me, and Paul and Joy try to give me a hard time. They want to play with me, so they give me a hard time in my, my dream. And then suddenly in the dream, I kind of I say, Joy, Paul, get out of me, get out of me. And eventually, in the dream, I just push them out like mm, like this. But when I did that, I really did it. <laughs> in my, my real body, jerk like push like this because it's so real. Like it's a real, not not a dream, but real. And <laughs> what happened? Pastor Da was hugging me at that time. <laughs> she, when she when we sleep, she always kind of hug me. So I push. And she, and she said, "What happened? Why you hurt me?" I said, "I'm sorry. I had a bad dream." <laughs> so bad dream sometimes can give the wrong voice. You have to be careful. You, maybe you eat too much. You're good, too tired. That is the reason why we still need the body. We still need the church because we have the check. What do you call in English? Check. Back and oh, what is the word? Balance. Check and balance. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. The seesaw. Check and balance. Sometimes you say God speak to me this way, then the whole <laughs> church or maybe your care group or your group say let's pray and seek God together. That is God or not? And you need to humble yourself to listen. That okay, maybe I hear wrong. You understand what I mean? Like yeah. you, you cannot be prideful and say, you know, I'm always right. No, not everyone is always right. I may be wrong too. So we have a check and balance system in the church, brothers and sisters, so that we will not go off the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, have to be careful. We need to listen to each other all the time in the church. Mm-hmm. But we learn to listen to the Holy Spirit ourselves. At the same time, we come to the meeting, pray together. If it's really from God, believe me, God gonna confirm with another person, another person. And the circumstances around will open up for you. If God really call, for example, you to go to Burma, it's not because of pizza, but because of God. Okay, <laughs> believe me, God will speak to the leadership the same way, and God gonna open the door for you to go there. Visa gonna come, money will, everything gonna fall into places. But if you try to push and try to make it happen because you think that is God speaking to me, but God never opened the door. God never really say so. But it's from your pizza last night. Then it's no, you're gonna eventually end up in the wrong place. 
and this applies to marriage too. You have to be careful. You need to really make sure you marry the person God picked for you. Don't go by your hormone. Does that person need to be Christian? It should be, because without being a Christian, you're gonna have a lot of handkerchief later on to cry. It's not fun when two person don't walk together. It's good that two person can go to the same church, serve God together, talk the same language, teach the kids the same way. But if two person one go this direction, another one go this direction, you're gonna have a heartache and very difficult. It doesn't mean that God cannot save him; He can, but you're gonna have to go through suffering a lot to be able to talk the same language. So those already married, I understand. But if you haven't married, make sure that God picked that person for you and had the same mind, same thinking. Not even Christian. Can you imagine if you love the fire of God? You love to be touched by the fire. You marry a Christian who against the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work either. He gonna stay home. He gonna go to another church. You go to another church. Uh, one of our Thai member here, uh, but she married before she came. Her husband is a strong Catholic. She came to our church. Husband never show up. He doesn't like our church because we move in the Holy Spirit. He still go to Catholic church, mm-hmm. and it's not fun because mm-hmm. the kids kind of confused. Who is right? Who is wrong? Dad and mom. Mm-hmm. So um, you need to make sure that you walk the same way. You cannot joke with people unequally. Joke. You cannot you know, have different thinking. Go the same direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are guided by the Holy Spirit. Next question: What sort of things will anyone who has faith or who are disciple of Jesus Christ would do on earth here? What sort of thing you should do? What kind of things? Hmm? What is your? How do you spend your life on earth? Yes, you go to school, you find a job, you make money. You buy a house, you have family. That is our routine thing on earth. But must be, it must be more than that. Not just having a house, having a job, having a um, retirement plan. Our Christian life is more than just graduation and having a job. Okay, look at the answer. John 14, 12 to 14. John 14:12-14 Most actually I say to you he who believes in me the works that I do he will do also and greater works than this he will do because I go to my father and whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the father may be glorified in the son if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What kind of things we do? Jesus thing. Jesus, we, the Bible says, whatever Jesus did, we will do. What did Jesus do on earth? Kind of general idea. Heal the sick. Heal the sick. What else? He prayed for his disciple. What else? He prayed for the world. Cast out demons. What else? What did Jesus do? Preach the gospel. He made disciple. 
Is that right? Mm-hmm. So he made disciple. He preached the gospel. He set the captive free. He healed the sick. That's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. The same thing. No matter who you are, whether you are students, you are running your own business, you are housewife, you are nurse, a doctor, a businesswoman, a CEO of a big company. It doesn't matter what profession you have. We all need to have the same. Kind of lifestyle that have the same purpose. The same purpose is to do anything for the gospel to be preached, for people to get saved, people to be set free, people to be healed, people to be made disciple. We may do in a different way than Jesus or than me, but we that is the kind of. The heart of Jesus. For example, you show love to a brother in your university. I don't want to mention the name. He came today, a brother that walked out with Steve today. Okay. You would do everything to help this brother to be saved, to hear the gospel, to be touched by the Holy Spirit, to be set free, to be changed, to become disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is Is a road that you walk him through. So if everyone live like that, with that purpose, I will spend my life. God, you can use me to be that stepping stone to help people to hear the gospel, to be saved, to be disciple, to grow, to be changed. You may not be a preacher like me, but you may be cooking very well. But you cook to get people in to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. You may not be a cook, but you may be able to, um, you know, serve in singing. You sing in the care group to get people in, and when they come, you. So, so in other words, the business of God is about people. Amen. It's about soul. It's about reaching out to people. It's not about material. It's not about building. It's about how can I spend my life. To help these people, the soul, to come in to know Christ and grow, and you know, move on. To you pray for them, like what Kaila say, pray for them, love them, visit them, do anything. Like this morning, we uh, picked up a lady. Yesterday, Pastor Da went out with uh, our sister here to shop in Bellevue Mall. Met a lady. So Pastor Da said. We would like to invite you to come to church. She said yes, and she came. We picked her up, and later on she was, oh, pastor picked me up. s o if, yeah, she doesn't know I'm a pastor. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> she was shocked. She, so you know, I am willing to wake up a little bit earlier to pick her up to come to church. Why? Because I live my life on earth here. It doesn't matter how much I have to lose sleep, how much tired I am, how much I have to give up, whatever movie, good food, I would do it for helping people to come to know God, Amen. grow, set free, and love God and and become disciple. The work that Jesus did, we will do also. The same job. But maybe the different way. If Jesus lay hand on people, get healed. Some of you maybe 
instead of lay hand on people because you don't have enough faith, you just bring that person to another person to lay hand. Mm-hmm. But one day when you have enough faith, you can lay hand and they get healed too. It is, but but we all a stepping stone to bring people mm-hmm. from glory to glory to glory to glory. Mm-hmm. God wants to set the captive free. God wants people to move on, and we all work together as a team, as a church, to save, to set the captive free, to make disciple, to train people, to help people to grow and become a strong man and woman of God, filled with blessing, filled with. Good things in their life, and that's my goal for you. When I look at Amanda, you know, I didn't look at her just another student walking here as a young lady. No, no, I look at her. I have eyes of faith. I see her future. That this lady one day gonna be above her friend. She gonna be powerful woman of God. Amen. She God gonna use. Amen. That's what I see because that's what Jesus did. You see, he trained Peter. He trained all these people so that one day they can impact the world. Mm-hmm. So we need to look at each other that way. We look at every guest walking to the church that way. They're not just another number sit on the chair. No, they will be saved, set free. They will serve God. They will be an asset, not a not a burden or another word. Um, they will be the asset, not the. Yes, liability. Thank you. There will be an asset, not liability, to the world. We need to be asset. We need to be a person who bless other people, and that is the job of the church. Everyone walk to the door. My heart. I never see any walk to the door and say, "Oh, thank God they come to pay tithe." No, it's not about tithe. I'm serious. Yes, they pay tithe. God bless them, but it's about changing their life. This morning, I was standing up on the stage. I look around, and in, I look around, but in my heart, I pray. Bless everybody, change everybody. I pray all the time. I, God, everybody here come gonna be changed, gonna be come set free. They're gonna be, cause that is the heart of God. Is that right? Amen. We are not, not running the churches because Pastor Lau need a job to get salary. No, this is not a job to get salary. This is serious, changing life, making people strong, saving people, make disciple. This is not a profession. This is the business of God. We do what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, and that is the life of disciple. Amen. Okay. A few more questions. Can we learn anything about love by God's giving of His Son Jesus Christ? What do you learn about the death of Jesus? Did Jesus die for nice people? Everybody. And those everybody are nice or? Pretty, pretty. <laughs> Actually, I was not very nice, but Jesus still died for me. So if you can remember this, that Jesus even died for a wicked man like me, why don't I love those people who look still far away from perfection? You know, sometimes we tend to touch people. Oh, yeah, they rub them off. If sinner walk in and you say, oh, you sinner, get out of here, that is religion. Actually, we should love people because Jesus died for them too. Jesus died for people. We need to understand that we learn the love of God through the death of Jesus Christ and we should walk the same love. We should love people. Never judge anybody. People can see the love from our eyes. Amen. Look at John chapter 15, verses 9 to 14. 
John 15:9-14 As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. How do we show love to God? According to this scripture, obey. That's right. Obey His commandments. When you love somebody so much, you don't want to hurt that person's feeling. So what do you do? You will try to please that person. And in order to please God, just obey God. Make God happy. Okay. What are the two great, what are the two greatest commandments of God for our life? And love one another. You make disciples because you love people. So the Bible says, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind." This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it: "You shall love your neighbor as yourself." If the church walk in love, if the disciple walk in love all the time, many people will come to know the Lord. Let me ask the next question. Okay, we decide to walk in love as disciple. Who help us to walk in love? Who help us? Romans chapter five verse five. Last two questions. Who help us to walk in love? Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. Who pour out the love of God into our heart? Holy the Holy Spirit. That's why we want to welcome the Holy Spirit in the church. Amen. I know that people who are not spirit-filled or charismatic read all this scripture is more like a theory. Yeah, we have Holy Spirit. Yeah, Holy Spirit give me love. But I don't want to just have theory. I want to have experience. Okay. And that experience is that God is moving tangibly in the church, touching our life. You know, every time the fire of God touches you, it's not just cleaning up the old thing. He also pour His faith in you, love. I don't know you noticed or not in the past many, a few months that you have been in this church and you get touched, you love people more. He put in more love. Not only that, you have more faith. You start to have more faith, more and more. He pour out the faith of God into your life. That's good, and never end. The love of God is unlimited. Amen. If people ask me when we gonna stop laying on of hand and get the file of God, never. never, never, because the faith of God and the love of God never come to an end. It's all. It's always more, 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 unlimited. Amen. The more the better. Last question. When things get Tough. Can we relax a little bit until we can cope with life again and come back to serve God? No, no. never. You're using to cope your life again. <laughs> yeah. So we don't back off. We don't use all the excuses. Oh, right now, uh, I have one baby. I need to take off for a year until my baby turn one year old. I have three babies and a cafe. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. One and baby, two babies, <laughs> and the husband. He, he, he ha- she has four babies now. It doesn't matter what circumstance in your life. You need to 
keep going. Amen. Amen. I remember when Joy was born, she was only one month old. We took her to the camp, and at that time our church camp is not nice like now, very like in the boondock, you know, <laughs> nothing. So we still, Pasada was pregnant about seven months old. She still went to visit her chief, climbing up and doing. No visit people. She never stopped, even with pregnancy, because nothing can stop us from serving God. Amen. No matter what circumstance in life. Amen. Look at the Bible. Look chapter nine, verse sixty-two. Look nine sixty-two. But Jesus said to him, "No one, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God." Once we make a decision to be disciple, we say, "God, I'm going to serve you. You die for me. I love you. I will spend my life to build your kingdom, to do what you did." We will not look back anymore. We keep going. It doesn't matter what happened—the rain come, the snow, the earthquake—we keep going. We never stop as disciple. And the world need this kind of disciple on earth here. Amen. Amen. I will continue the lesson next time, but I want to say this: I rather have a 100-member church, and these hundred people are really on fire for God, than to have 4,000 members sit there, being lukewarm yo-yo Christian, who one day love God, another day don't love God, and they just like a consumer come in if they don't like to, if the preaching is too strong, they say bye-bye. I don't want that kind of church, because 100 people can impact the whole world more than 4,000 people who do nothing for God. Is that right? I make that decision. You know, when I went to Tampa this time, I look at Pastor Rodney, and Pastor Rodney was so strong when he preached. Like, wow, wow, this is strong. And God spoke to me, son, you produce the church. Whatever you want to produce, you're gonna produce a church that just look warm. You can do it too. And I say, God, I'm not gonna produce a church that look warm. I want to produce disciple. And that's what Jesus say: make disciple of all nations, because a disciple gonna impact the world. Not look warm Christians, not yo-yo Christians, not Christian who touch the plow and then look back and say, no, I think I give up. The Christian that will. Be willing to die for Jesus and to do anything. Amen. It's not about how many. It's not about a big group of people. It's about the commitment. One man can change the whole city if you committed. You don't need ten thousand people. Just one man. Look at Gideon. Two hundred. Two. How many? A few hundred people can one could win the war, the battle, because they are committed. So. If God give us more thousand people, I'm happy to. But I'm not. I don't want thousand with no backbone. I want people with backbone, with strong commitment to serve the Lord. And that's why we want to move everyone to that level, eventually. Amen. Discipleship. Any question before we close in prayer? This is an intense class. When you come to this class, you get intense. So next time, we're gonna learn. We we finished chapter one already. What is a discipleship? 
Next time you're gonna learn the importance of discipleship and the cost to pay. The sign of maturity. We want to be mature, so we're gonna learn all those things next time. And eventually, we're gonna learn the what is the blood of Jesus Christ, who we are in Christ, uh, how we can be forgiven, all the detail about discipleship life. And this is just foundation to. <laughs> Hallelujah! Let's pray quickly for all the friend that came today. That God will really uh, bring them back, and devil cannot stop them from coming to know Christ. Father, we pray for our friends who came to church today. Pray for those students. Father, work in their heart that they will seek the true meaning of, of life. They will not just seek. To have high education, nice job, nice house, but they will, Lord, see the value of becoming the disciple of Jesus Christ. Father, open their spiritual eyes that these students and friends will come back to the church, learn and grow. Lord, anoint us to do what Jesus did, two thousand years ago, to preach the gospel, to save souls. To heal the sick, make disciples, set the captive free, cast out demons, build the kingdom of God. Help us not to turn back or look back, but we're gonna follow you and live our life for your sake, for your cause, for your kingdom, Father, to the end of our life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address: New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street. Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 